Hi, welcome to Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your life one Monday at a time. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful or particularly positive-minded are those people we will be hearing from on the show. Stay tuned for today's special guest. Our guests today are Dr. Scott Peters and his brother Ryan Peters. They are both extremely dear to me personally, as Dr. Scott is my father and Ryan is my uncle. Each were incredibly talented in the sport of wrestling. They wrestled their way through middle school, high school, and college, and made quite the names for themselves in the city of Beechwood here in Ohio. Each later went on to become legendary coaches in the sport. They've inspired hundreds of young wrestlers and athletes, both on and off the mat. They've helped them reach their potential, not only in athletics, but in life itself. Today, we have the privilege to hear from them, and they will share with us some of the techniques lessons and values that they've imparted on their athletes and what they've learned about life itself from the sport of wrestling. You have to do everything I tell you and you can't ask any questions until after you've done it. And so he said, then fine. Dr. Scott, the older of the brothers by about eight years, started wrestling when he was 10 years old. He quickly found a passion and love for the sport. Ryan, however, was literally born into the sport with Scott as his coach. Scott, I want to ask you a question. People always say that what you learn in the wrestling room stays with you forever. The discipline and the values you pick up carry on throughout all of life. Is that something you found in your experience? It was the work ethic that I decided to take on at that point that, you know, when people say it carries over into life, it, it definitely carries over into life because my work ethic in everything was subpar prior to that. And once I, once I had this match, the, I'll, t- I'll tell you briefly what happened. I wrestled a first round match against an East Lake North kid who was no good. And I pinned him in 19 seconds and I felt like I was gassed out. And I remember, you know, people were coming over to me because I, you know, I hit a cool move. I hit, I hit the splatal and it was not very well known at that time. And people came over and they were patting me on my back and I was thinking, oh my God, I'm so tired. So I said, that's it. I got to do something. I, I'll never win state if I'm tired after a 19 second match. So I started getting up at five o'clock in the morning every morning and, and running up to the high school and going for a run and, and um, working out and so working on technique and stuff. And so I realized at that moment that that was the first time in my life that I had confidence in my conditioning. And then that's real confidence when you have confidence in your ability all along, but you didn't have the conditioning to back it up. So this changed. And it was a game changer because that was the first lesson that I took with me to college and not so much in wrestling to college for wrestling and to college for school. And then also into medical school and into residency, that work ethic that I developed 
from, from, you know, the end of December on in my senior year of 1983, that really changed things for me. Ryan, what were some of the mindsets and attitudes that you had as a wrestler going on, going onto the mat, going into a match? What were some of the, some of the things going through your head and style wise was yours and your older brothers similar? Could you compare the two? I know that Scott coached you for your whole life. Did his style of wrestling ever affect your own or was yours completely unique and different? Yeah. So, so obviously I'm eight years younger. Um, I, I was an extremely aggressive uh, wrestler. I, as soon as the whistle blew, I was ready to rip somebody's head off, um, which there was no holding me back. It was a, it was a caged animal ready to go. And, you know, I, I think Scott's experience was much more of a, of a tactical, I don't want to say mine wasn't tactical, but yours was a little slower pace than mine. Um, I, I, I didn't have a lot of patience for wrestling very long. I felt that I needed to get it over. I think you enjoyed just dominating people and, and taking care of business. Um, but my mind was, I, I wanted to get in, in and out. I, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on a mat. Oftentimes, when an individual sets out to accomplish something, although they may be inspired to achieve their goals and aspirations, they don't necessarily put all they have into it until something happens. Someone says something or they experience something and then everything changes. It just clicks for them. To the point where it's almost crystal clear what must be done in order to reach success and then nothing will stop them from reaching their goals. Did that moment exist for either you or Ryan where you guys had this moment of I know what to do and I'm going to do it and nothing will stop me? Or were your careers always just full of passion and determination? I'm having a little bit of a disagreement and he was telling me that, you know, he was going to be a four-time state champ as one of his goals. And I said to him, um, how can you say you're going to be a four-time state champ? And he said, because that's what I want to be. And I said, well, wanting to be doesn't have anything to do with it. I said, when you when you really are planning to be a state champ, when you really want to be a state champ, you'll come and tell me that you want to be a state champ. And so he said, well, then I'm telling you. And I said, no, you're not. This is just this is just you talking. This is superficial. I want you to really think about it because what I'm going to tell you to do. And he said, I mean it. He said, I want to be a four time state champ. That's what I want to do. So. Um, I said, okay, so then if that's really what you're saying, then here's what you have to do. You have to do everything I tell you, and you can't ask any questions until after you've done it. And so he said, then fine. And from that moment, he literally, he made a commitment like, you know, I mean, I've coached a lot of kids, and I've seen a lot of amazing workers, including, you know, the likes of Alan Freed, who won a national championship for Oklahoma State and an Esparo World Championship for the United States. And we've had some fabulous workers in, in Beechwood. And um, I never saw anybody work as hard as he worked. I mean, he was a tireless, um, nonstop worker. There are people in, in Beechwood history that I would compare it to him, um, guys that didn't have shutoff valves and really hurt themselves training so hard over training. Um, Eric Adler, who you know very well, was one of those kids. We had a kid named Lee Chernet and Chad Silverstein. These guys were, you know, incredible workers. Um, 
Can you think of anybody else that you would throw in that mix? Jason Miller, probably. Adam Solomon. Adam Solomon, right. So we, we, we've had some amazing workers, but I don't know that any of them ever ever measured up to his level. I mean, he was, he was literally up at 5 o'clock every morning, and he would wake me up to go downstairs. The, the, the mentality I had was if, you know, if you want to challenge me to who's going to work harder, let's go. And if you want to, I mean, if guys were willing to put their foot on the line for who's going to work harder, I mean, let's go. And let's, let's prove it. Do yeah. you remember making that, that commitment? Yeah, I do. And what was going through your mind? Just pure determination that you were going to. Yeah, let's go. I mean, my determination was whatever we got to do, let's go do it. It was, it was, it was, was 100% sacrifice. He would drop what he was doing any time of any day for the workout I told him he needed to do right now. That's how committed he was. I don't think I ever whined and complained about it, ever. Never. Never. So, I mean, I might have had whined and complained that, you know, we're running behind on our time, right? Like, if it's 6 o'clock and it's 6.05, I'm going to get a little upset. Well, the big thing was, you know, I would tell him, I'd say we're up at 5 tomorrow morning um, drilling. And he would wake me up at 5 o'clock on the button, and he'd be like, it's 5 o'clock. And I'd be like, okay, um okay, why don't you go warm up, ride the bike for about 10, 15 minutes, and then come get me, because yeah, there's right. no way I could get up that early. And I had no patience for that. And so he'd go downstairs, and he'd, warm, and he'd come back, and he'd be sweating. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> like, so I'd have to get down there, and we would drill, and we would wrestle. And, you know, we used to do this thing where we wrestled to the first one to 50 wins. And, you know, that was probably his most frustrating exercise because he would be winning, like, 49 to nothing. And then I'd have an amazing comeback where I'd score – you know, 49 unanswered points and beat him at the end. But it was all, it really was all part of his training. His mental training was we trained all the time and anytime on his 16th birthday. Um, I said to him, we were, we were working out at brush high school. And I said to him, when we get, when we get to the driveway, don't even take your bag out of the car, just get out of the car. And we're going to, you're going to follow me in a race around the house and if I go two times, you go two times. If I go 10 times, you go 10 times. You run right with me. Do not let me get in front of you. And we got out of the car and we sprinted around the house and we got in the back. And it was, a, it was really all just a ruse because, a ruse because it, was, um, it was a surprise party for his 16th birthday. But that, it was, he was the easiest kid in the world to pull the wool over his eyes because all you had to do was dress it up as a workout. And he was in and let's go now. You know, let's do it. And so he sprinted right into his surprise. You know? Right. And so, um, yeah, but he, you know, he was, he was so much fun to coach because he was so tough. Um, the, if there was anything difficult about coaching him, it was his, it was his um, lack of patience. And I wasn't the most patient guy in the world, but on the mat, I was extremely patient. And so when, before, when you asked about styles, just interestingly, we didn't wrestle anything alike when I was young. But his style was 100% my style from college on. And I think we kind of tailor-made his, his style. We had, we had different personalities. Um, I was very relaxed and calm and cool. And he was, you know, he was ready to explode out of his skin. And so those were differences. In your careers as athletes, is there anything or any things you can attribute your successes to? Um, when you talk about... The, the big factors for success in our career, I would tell you that I think the whole key 
to our success is that we were literally surrounded by winning attitudes, every single person that we were intimately involved with. Okay, and what I mean by that is um, we had two parents that supported us completely and were, were into it, right? I don't even know if either of them liked it, but they were into it and they were willing to do whatever they needed to to promote us. And, um, you know, my mother was, my mother was, our mother was, you know, she was like going to advise us. She was going to be our, our mental and emotional coach. She was so into it. And she actually had a very strong um, head for psychology. She understood the human psyche very well. And so, and we had um, this guy, Bernie Weisskopf, who really wasn't a wrestling coach. He was just a guy that kind of schlepped us to practice, but he was, I mean, a driven individual. And if he wanted it to happen, it was going to happen. And so, you know, just by being with him, you could, you could glean that kind of a thing. Um, Mr. Coghill and Mr. Govang were fantastic coaches that just believed in themselves and in their kids. And then Mr. Mariola was coaching Longwood when, when Ryan was there. And he was the same way. They, these were just phenomenally um, positive people and driven people. And they really, they just, they wanted to win. They knew how to win and they, they knew what it took to win. And so when we got to high school, so Pete Cimarroni was a big influence on him. And hopefully I was a big influence on him. And I had Coach I, uh, Dominic I. Marino at Beachwood, who was a phenomenal influence on me. And again, so when you're around all these good people, it makes a huge difference in your level of success. And you realize there's people around you that aren't successful and those people can pull you down. So you have to surround yourself with good people. And we just, you know, I don't know if it was by chance or what, but we just happen to have a lot of those very positive minded people, very driven to win people in our lives. Scott, can you share with us some of the things that you've taught your wrestlers over the years? Well, you know, I think, I think I made a decision my senior year of college um, that I was going to, uh, I was going to, you know, I, I, I lost a wrestle off at the end of my senior year and that kind of, um, and it wasn't, it was, it was, it was a weird situation, but it was something like if I, if I didn't win that, I wasn't going to get another wrestle off. And so, um, and details of that match still bother me today but um, I kind of made a decision at that point that I was now in wrestling to benefit my brother and anybody else that I would happen to coach because I knew I was going into coaching and so I my whole um, approach was that I was going to be the boss and all the things I saw so I was a mischievous kid and you know I couldn't I didn't usually get in a lot of trouble, but I could get people into a lot of trouble. And so um, I could create a whirlwind of trouble. And so I, um, I made a decision then that I was going to influence young wrestlers to be the absolute best that they could be all the way around as complete people. And so I was going to be their father. I was going to be their big brother because if I was coaching in high school the year after I graduated college, you know, I'm not much older than them. And I was going to teach them, um, you know, that there are shortcomings that come with all those things that kids like to do in high school. And I personally, I, I was never involved in drugs or, you know, partying or anything like that. That was not where my mischief came from. But um, so, but I knew that there was, um, there was no place 
for that kind of activity in somebody who's really driven to achieve. And so I was going to pass those lessons along. I was going to teach work ethic. I was going to teach them um, how to um, treat their their friends and their family with respect. And I was going to sculpt them into the people I wanted them to be. And I really felt, I remember thinking back then that um, if I can shape them into what I want them to be. And when I say shape, I don't mean generically. I mean, psychologically shape them into what um, I want them to be, then they will be successful people in the future. And you can take, you can take that kind of advice and criticism and positive feedback and, and um, negative feedback. If you, if you want to call it that you can take those things a lot better from a coach that you know, loves you than you can from your own parents. And so I wanted to be that for them and so that really was what I tried to produce. I tried to produce really good kids that were really good students, that were really great wrestlers and um, were tough. And we really, we had a reputation for being tough. You know, Ryan, Ryan was really our first star when I was on that staff, but you could see the whole environment changing um, when Pete and I took over that program. You could see these kids getting a little more gritty and, uh, and just more mentally tough. And we spent a lot of time talking about school and we spent a lot of time talking about being grateful to your parents for letting you participate in the sport. And so, you know, we were trying to create a product. And I think when I took over the reins at Beachwood, that really was my focus was to create a complete person that was really into all the things that were positive that could move in a positive direction. So, Ryan, how about you? What are some of the things that you've imparted on your wrestlers over the years? Um, I took a coaching job at a school called Hamilton High School, which was an interesting opportunity for me. I, I learned a lot. It was a different type of community, um, which had some major had some natural athletes. And to be able to hone their skills was cool. But then when I came back home, you know, I went to law school. And during my law school years, um, I started coaching. And I had the fortunate opportunity to coach alongside with Coach Ian Marino. And, you know, I came in as an assistant coach. I was always his assistant coach. And I really, I, I came in with a lot of technique that I had learned from Beachwood and from college. And, you know, my, my goal was to help Beachwood in any way I can. I mean, it was sort of in my, in my blood. And, you know, we, we I, I took the same approach that as training as I did with coaching. I mean, my, my mentality was we have to outwork everybody. Um, we'll be smarter than everybody else as well. And, you know, I, my first few years, I, I did a lot of watching, learning, listening. Um, I was very fortunate to have some amazing wrestlers coming through Beachwood at that time. Some of them became amazing um, and some of them were, were amazing. So, you know, I think my, my approach to them was, I think if you lead with love um, and, and passion for what you're doing and passion for them, I think that you have, you have the ability to get the most out of any athlete. But, you know, that's kind of how I, I took the approach is, you know, all, all I wanted was every every athlete that I've ever coached, um, I wanted them to have as much success as humanly possible. I wanted them to be able to take the lessons that we taught them uh, to a different level um, in, in professionally and um, in their personal lives. So, you know, I, I think that, that that was the approach I, I took. It was first guy in, last last person out mentality. And, you know, what, what can we do to help them? So that, that, was, my, that was my coaching career. I, my coaching career was not a very long coaching career. 
um, at the high school level. I, I started coaching in, uh, I believe, in 96, 1996, and I was done in, I think, 2005, 2006. And um, then I got back into it as a youth coach, um, uh, you know, a few years later. Um, and then I got back and then I got out and now I'm back in. So now, now I'm in a different stage. I'm in a stage where um, I get to watch my son, um, which is a lot of fun for me and a lot of his friends. And it, it takes a little bit of a different, different approach and a different look at coaching. Um, you know, when, when you have kids, you kind of look at it way differently. There are many people out there who have a very real struggle. The alarm goes off in the morning, whether it's Monday morning or whether it's every morning. And not only do they hit the snooze button, but they dread getting out of bed and taking care of that day's responsibilities. What advice can you offer to help this kind of person to snap them out of this unmotivated state and to start their day with vigor and set out to accomplish his or her goals? But I think you can start with, um, there are, there are certain things that people know they have to do to accomplish what they want to accomplish. There's an understanding that if you want to be a state champion or a national champion or a world champion, you're going to have to put in your effort. Most people are more than willing to do that in the areas that they love, in the areas where they um, excel. So, for example, you got a kid who loves to wrestle, okay? He'll wrestle for four hours straight for you but he might not want to hit the weight room or he might not want to um, get some road work in and work on his endurance. And so when you are, when you are approaching um, the, the, the goal that you're setting for yourself, when you're, when you, when you're going to set up an approach, how am I going to get there? You have to you never take your eye off the ball. You, the key is when you find yourself not wanting to do certain things, those are the things that you absolutely positively have to focus on and work on those things because those are the areas where you need work. We all move toward the things that we're best at and you can never, you can never stop practicing the things you're best at or, the, or working on the things you're best at, but those are not the areas that need the attention. You know, we just had the national championships um, for wrestling in, in Pittsburgh over the weekend and I was amazed at how many people that now that they're later in their careers, um, they still have the same weaknesses that they did and they, they're probably better at them, but I was amazed to watch them and see that they still were not proficient in certain areas. If they were weak on bottom when they came into college wrestling, they still couldn't get off the bottom so easily. And, though, and I can tell you the, the, the problem. The problem is they did not want to put the work in on the areas they needed to work. So that is one idea. You have to work on the areas that need strengthening, and you can't just dedicate yourself to the stuff you love. If you find an area that you're shying away from and you're, you'll do that later, no, that's the thing you need to do now. That's the thing you need. You also have to surround yourself with good people. And when you're a kid, let's say we're talking, we're addressing children right now, you know, high school kids and college kids, you can't associate yourself with the kids that are not moving in a productive direction. You have goals for yourselves and they don't, right? If you have a goal for yourself or many goals for yourselves, for yourself and they don't, then how could you possibly let yourself fall victim to, to their way of life? So you have to associate yourself with people who want to win. 
where do you start? You can almost always start by taking your parents' advice. You can almost always start by taking your coach's advice. Um, and so you have parents, you know, most people have parents that only want what's best for them. And so you listen to your parents and, you know, I, I used to ask kids regularly, if you listened to everything your father told you to do, you think that would be something that would end you up in a positive place or a negative place? And almost everybody, unless their father, you know, spent lots of years in jail, you know, something like that. Almost every person would say, if I did what my, and even those fathers know the right things to do. They would say, do as I say, not as I do, right? Because a father loves his kid and a mother loves their, their kid. And so um, you have to, you have to be willing to follow the direction given to you by the people that care most about you even though you may be at odds with their opinions. You know, and we said earlier, you know, I told Ryan that he had to do everything I told him and he couldn't ask questions until after he had finished it. And then we could discuss what, what, the, what the strategy was behind it. And so he was willing to believe in me. And, you know, quite frankly, looking back, you know, he didn't have to because I was a first year coach when we had that conversation and I didn't have any success under my belt as a coach. And so... You have to, so number one, you have to be willing to do the things and dedicate yourself to the things that are difficult for you. Number two, you have to surround yourself with good people. And number three, you have to have a very, um, you have to have a very strong direction in positive, uh, fueled by positive energy. If you let everything that, that causes a person to stumble or causes a person to fall into despondency, if you let those things get to you, if you let them happen, then you can't continue to move. That that's like a that's like a weight on your back. You have to have a short memory for the losses, long enough to to reflect on what you did did wrong or what you could have done better, and what to do next time. But short enough to say, I'm not down on that. I don't I don't care. That's not gonna that's not gonna bring me down. You have to be able to move forward and constantly keep going and just never let up from what you want to accomplish. Because the the minute you let up you won't accomplish it. And so I, I would say those are three major points. You're, you know, all of that comes down to discipline and, and a work ethic. You know, you have to discipline yourself to do those things to, to, you know, let's face it. Some of the most fun kids and some of the most fun people in life um, that are in our lives are the people that are doing things they're not supposed to be doing, right? Those kids have a zest for life, but it often takes them off the, off the right path. And so, you have to be disciplined to say, I'm not, I, I can't associate with that guy, even though I really do enjoy myself with him because he's not going to take me where I want to go. And so, and you associate yourself with good people, clean people, people that want to want to be good and want to do good. And then you, you end up in the places that you want to be. And uh, Ryan, what would be your advice to someone who is, has never stepped foot on the wrestling mat? How can they take control of their life? How can they find success? Really good question. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I really have to echo a lot of what Scott just said. Um, for, first of all, success doesn't just naturally happen. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Um, it takes a lot of perseverance. Um, you, you, you can't be afraid of success. You can't be afraid of failure. Um, it, it's gonna. It, it takes time. You have to have a roadmap. You, you can't just reach success um, just because I want to reach success. Um, I, I will tell you that in my dealings with a lot of people, it's 
it's easier to quit for them than than to put the work in, and that's always a frustrating part for me. But um, you know, I, I also agree that I mean, your environment that you put yourself in is is paramount to anybody's success. If you put yourself with people that want to be successful or are successful and are willing to do the right things as opposed to the wrong things, um, your success will you'll have greater chances of success. Um, as soon as you start putting yourself around people that are negative influences and, you know, have negative thoughts and negative do bad things, you're, you're, you're going to be less successful. Um, but you know, success is something that is not, doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I've, I always tell people, especially with the sport of wrestling, it is not a sprint. It's a really a marathon. And I think that expression is used a lot in the sport of wrestling, and it is very true. Um, the other thing is, with success, I mean, I, I, I don't know of any successful person that hasn't been knocked down numerous times and has gotten up. And when you get up, you get up a little smarter, you get a little a little wiser, um, and, and you just you kind of have to learn um, from every single time that you experience some sort of a failure. But listen, failure is all all in the eyes of the beholder, too. Um, You know, if if things don't go your way, is that failure? No. Um, That's just a a little setback in your mind. So, um, but, you know, the the other thing is with success, you have to enjoy the journey. Um, If you don't enjoy the journey and you're not enjoying what you're doing, then it's not the right thing for you and you have to make a change. Um, So that's that's an important part of it is you have to enjoy what you're doing. And if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you get out. And lastly, I just want to thank Dr. Scott Peters and Mr. Ryan Peters for taking the time to share with us some of their secrets for success. Thank you guys very much. Each episode here on Maverick Mondays is approximately 30 minutes long. At the end of each episode, we will briefly recap and highlight some of the important points discussed. This will help us properly utilize the information we just heard so that we can remember what was discussed and take it to heart. What really struck me in my conversation with Dr. Scott Peters and his brother Ryan Peters was one thing. Their passion for coaching, teaching, and mentoring children, teenagers, and young adults to becoming the most successful athletes and individuals as physically possible was literally palpable. I could feel the love and the drive that they had. Here are some things that I think are very important to take away from our conversation. Try to be the first one in and last one out, whether at your job, at school, or whatever it is you may be doing. Also, don't let anything stand between you and your goal. A big factor of success is surrounding yourself with winning attitudes. Negative people and bad influences will not bring you any good. Don't just focus on what you love. Be aware of your weaknesses and strengthen them. You must work on the areas that you find yourself shying away from. Surround yourself with people who have similar goals as you. Make sure you have a short memory for the losses in life and never let up from what you're chasing. 
Even the most successful people, in fact, most of the most successful people, get knocked down multiple times. But each time they get up, they get up a little stronger. And lastly, enjoy what you're doing. If you don't love what you're doing, then get out of it. Make sure what you're doing you love. The next step is for you to do your part. We heard some pretty amazing things being discussed. If you truly want to grow and become the best version of you, and yes, I mean the best version of you, listen to the episode twice, maybe even three times, and perhaps even take notes. These are priceless key elements to achieving success and finding happiness even on the most depressing Monday. Thank you for joining us.